Hello, and welcome to Art Poppin' Bottles. <laughs> I'm Kayla Mason Garvin. Hi, I'm Justin Ganaway. And uh, as we explained in our last episode, which was our first ever episode of the podcast. The inaugural. The no- inaugural episode. Uh, I'm a playwright. Justin's a costume designer. We both attend a like super prestigious <laughs> Midwestern university. It's so prestige. Um, so, and we got together to make this podcast to talk about female pop stars and um, their seminal albums. So each podcast episode we tackle one uh, amazing album but first we're going to talk about what uh, pop star of the day we feel like justin i'll hand it over to you oh my god <laughs> I, I had a lot to think about this week um all i will say is that you know i had a lot of artistic output happening this week and mm-hmm. i had um you know some projects that like came to fruition um, and I don't, I don't feel like I can identify what pop star I am this week, but I can identify those around me. Right, right, right. Um, and so, you, do you know Leah Michelle? Do I ever? <laughs> Have you heard of Leah? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's star of Sque- Scream Queen. <laughs> star. <laughs> The title, only show. title, title actor of Scream Queens. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you've heard, but Leah Michelle is illiterate, <laughs> and I do feel the artistic partners around me are also illiterate. Wow, that's all that, I'm I mean, say. that's real. I read the play. <laughs> CCJ Hunt. Um, okay, uh, my star of the day. I think that I feel today. Well, today actually, Lana Del Rey has released her album. Oh, she uh, yes. Norman fucking Rockwell. Mm. And today, I feel like Lana because I feel loopy. I feel creative. I feel productive. But ultimately, I feel like sort of just like a wash of like whispery vocals. Ooh, so you know. Yeah. I think that she actually invented Taylor Swift's aesthetic for like most of her pop career. <laughs> um, possible, possible. Yeah. Um, we also wanted to have a brief little blip because um, the VMAs. They happened this week. We the actually... MTV VMAs were on Monday, and we watched them. I mean, together. Culture's biggest night. <laughs> <laughs> Debatably, culture's biggest night. So we wanted to discuss a few of our favorite performances with you, starting with Lizzo. Lizzo. Well, I mean, you know, she's had an incredible year. She was nominated incredible. for um, newcomer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, Lizzo's coming off of an incredible Tiny Desk uh, concert. Yeah, concert, yeah, which absolutely. I think was truly amazing and and kind of swept the internet but she came to the performance she looked insanely good Mm -hmm. she had a well-staged performance but she stood at that mic and she pulled out that sparkly bottle of Patron and she drank (laughs) she drank for all of us for our times oh my god I thought it was great I mean I think Lizzo is great for award shows and Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see her in more award shows in the in the future what I love about her performances at award shows the VMAs and the BET awards included is that she always like understands that it's a show like she always has uh, a lot of like like representation on stage but also like it's so fun you know like I love to see um the way that she has like bigger girls on stage dancing the fuck out of the music with her absolutely and also like that's like it's part of the point but like it's not the point you know it's just like everybody's having a good time yeah nothing feels contrived with Mm -hmm. her like it doesn't feel like she's like picking 
uh, dancers for representation. I feel like she's picking the dancers that makes her happy and that mm. like uh, like that she feels is going to give the best performance. Yeah. And speaking of dancers, next up, I wanted to talk about Normani's performance because we Holy are blessed with fuck. a new icon. Like truly, uh, we like I do think that the VMAs were sort of like the mark of a new era for um, for Normani's career and. Uh, and possibly for prop stardom. I mean, I after we watched together where mm-hmm. it appeared like Normandy was lip syncing, I saw some videos on Twitter with, of people who were in the audience and her mic was clearly on and she sounded great. Like, this is... Uh, I can't, a queen. Like, she can dance. She can sing. She can kick a basketball with her butt. Like, what, yes. what else do we want? No, absolutely. I She, she danced her fucking heart out, but... The thing about it is we're in an era where people are saying that Ariana Grande has saved pop music. And I will say that, like, absolutely, I kind of agree with that. But uh, Ari has a specific talent and it's mm, singing. Right. Um, and then it's also capturing a mood. And we and honestly, we haven't seen a star like Normani um, in a long time. Who since is, Beyonce, who that can dance such, that proficiently. Uh, a huge, multi, multi-talented threat. Like, yes. singer, dancer... Um, serving performer looks, giving like, us face. Oh my god! Okay, our last uh, couple of performers. We have two more acts at the VMAs to talk about. The next is Rosalia. Rosalia, uh, you know what? Uh, again, I actually feel like she's one of the triple threats. Mm-hmm. She could really dance and really sing. She could really dance. She Her could visuals really sing. were good too. Absolutely, they were well curated. And I you know loved. What? She was wearing when she came out. She was wearing this gray sort of like bejeweled robe. They took it off her. She was wearing like another look with like the thigh high sort of like chappy almost boot boots yes yes i mean i actually kind of feel like it was a bit of a miss vanjie reveal if you know what i'm talking <laughs> yes, about yeah yeah, it yeah. Felt... it's a robe to a leotard but we stand we don't care <laughs> we stand and there's uh, there's really nothing innovative about a black leotard with um with like rhinestones on it but it fit her beautifully mm-hmm. she, all of her dancers it, were in black. It was a clean aesthetic and an incredible with the performance. Bucket hats. Her bu- backup dancers had the little bucket hats. They had the bucket like, hats. I need a bucket. Hat. Yeah, <laughs> I do need a bucket hat. I mean, obviously, right now, uh, uh, pop music is like referencing late '90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s, and there's always a bit of a gimmick to it. But she really curated that gimmick well. Speaking of gimmicks, we have <laughs> up next our conversation will surround Camila Cabello and oh our dear. Dear, dear Sean Mendez. Mm. Thoughts? Sean Mendez is gay. I don't <laughs> We can't talk about this. He doesn't want us to talk about how he's gay. He doesn't want us to talk about it. And honestly, I feel problematic when I like I said that for the Okay, gays so yeah, no, what we what what I'm referencing is I think it was like an interview in GQ where he was like, oh, uh, like it makes it. My life is so hard because everyone thinks I'm gay, <laughs> but I'm like really not. Like I'm pretty sure I'm straight, but sometimes I question myself because everyone thinks I'm gay, and I do feel for the guy. I, I do. do. I. I mean, we shouldn't spend our lives spe- speculating whether or not people. he's gay. I. You. You're right. I think How? I just love his abs. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Right. 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 Um. Yeah. But I mean, if we're talking about the performance. Um, I mean, I think it was you who was like, they're going to kiss. They're going to kiss. I kept saying that, but they never kiss. Never kiss. Well, and I think 
Um, that was, I mean, well, that was the point. They haven't given us, they've given us public kisses, like, on Instagram and, like, by paparazzi, but they haven't given us, like, a public documented, a stage kiss. Yeah, they didn't Vanessa and Zach it, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, but I think um, they got close. No, I mean, they were rubbing noses and shit. Camila, though, like, you could kind of tell was, like, in control the entire time. Oh, absolutely. She was like, your voice just broke, and I'm mad about it, but I'll keep dancing. And Camila seemed like she was in a commercial. Yeah. Camila was like, the only thing we have is our chemistry and Normandy's going to bury us. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on now to talk about our album of the week. So this week we are talking about one of, I think, our collective favorite albums, which is Demi Lovato's Tell Me You Love Me. Yeah. Um, I... I have stanned Demi Lovato since the very beginning. I Camp Rock. I loved Camp Rock, but I, I loved never her. saw Camp Rock actually. But I I remember like hearing the music from it and being like, oh shit, she can fucking sing. This as girl, I, as I was like fifteen, <laughs> she can wail. Mm-hmm. I, uh, but also, I have to say that. I, what I liked better than Camp Rock was her first album. <gasps> yes, with all those, like, angsty songs. She had La La Land on it. Oh, that's such a good song. And that was the song, truly, where it was, like, the belting, the, like, the scrouting. But it was so subversive, too. It mm. was a song all about how Dis- Disney is a fucking shit show. <laughs> and she called it La La Land, and they fucking ran the song yeah they let they let her do it iconic (laughs) so tell me you love me was released on september 29th 2017 which happens to be about a month after both justin and i arrived at grad school and i remember Mm -hmm. um shortly after that i got a job which i still have which is like delivering food to all the undergraduates and families in town (laughs) and i remember like i would play this album and like try and sing along with it as i went around the neighborhoods and you know like the rule with with Demi as with like Beyonce and most like heavy heavy vocalists if you hit like 60% of the notes you've nailed it you know absolutely I do think that like with Demi Ari Beyonce um you have to like have 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 been listening to the album for at least like two months before you can even start hitting 60% of the notes (laughs) oh sure you have to break your voice and then Mm -hmm. I'm just like singing through my nose trying to emote like Demi (laughs) well and she really taught me sort of listening to this album about like placement and and her placement is so sort of like front facing Mm -hmm. like anyway but from like the bottom of her Mm -hmm. diaphragm but front facing we we love her this is her sixth studio album and mm-hmm. her last album was confident which i also thought was a strong album however this yeah. sort of like really for me was like oh she's not kidding around yeah i well what i think about the reason this album hits and the reason this album is a turning point in her career is like her other albums always have incredible songs but there are like it, at least six songs that are contrived none of the songs on this album are contrived. We want to talk a little bit about Demi's looks for this period. So the first look that we're going to be talking about is from the VMAs, is that right? Yeah, so it's the blue that I'm going to pull up on my phone as we talk about it. And this is a look that I believe she performed Sorry Not Sorry in, if I'm not mistaken. It's sort of a blue leotard with like black see-through chaps over it and like an embellished belt. Yeah, I mean, you could call it a chap, you could call it a pant with a cutout. Um, I... (laughs) It's um it's it's definitely it looks to me like it's um an organza, probably a black mm. organza. It's mostly um 
it's translucent. It's definitely not uh, fully see-through. It's not transparent, but it's, um, it's, I, so I think we, we disagree on this look. I love it. I think it's exceptional. Um, what do you think is exceptional about it though? Um, Demi is not a fashion queen. I don't think we've ever We can asked, agree on that. We've never asked Demi to be a look queen, but we have asked Demi to look clean and confident, if you will. <laughs> um, this <laughs> is, uh, I actually think it's really smart because the, the cutout, the asymmetrical quality of the cutouts with, there are two safety pins up at the top, reference, if it's not Versace, it looks like Versace. And I should say Versace, because that's how you should say it. Um, also, I think the cutout gives us... Demi loves, like, either a side boob or like a, or, like, a full cleave. And this is, like, a really lovely cleavage moment. And she is taped in to this. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I think it's fine. However, I, I, I just don't, I don't see like a vision behind this. I don't know what it's trying to tell me other than like, I'm a performer. Like I, I like it fine, but, um, I want to talk about the next look too that you had pulled. Absolutely. And this look is a look that I think you said was at an InStyle Awards dinner. Or it was the InStyle Fashion Awards. Okay. So Demi's in this, uh, in this look, she She's in a, a like sort of lilac uh, a slip dress almost, but it's belted. There's ruching below the waist, mm -hmm. and she has on um, a quite long weave. Like oh, for sure, yeah, she's yeah, got yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I like about this look is I think it's it, it is from 2017 or early 2018, and it's truly right before the double belt hit like it's a double layer of a belt um and it's it's it was really smart and a little bit fashion forward at that time period um we also get an eye makeup look with this yeah she has a cute little lilac eye purple eye going on and she's doing under eye eyeshadow which mm -hmm. again was a little bit before its time like there was a little bit of fashion to this um and what i love about this the most is that she is standing, most of the photos of this look, she's standing next to Selena Gomez, and we. this is the first time they were photographed together after the big falling out. Mm, the falling out of the, what, 2010s? It must have been the, the teens, 2010s. The, the teens. The, the teens. teens, yeah. Um, yeah, no, and I love this color on her. I think it's lovely. I think she looks very, like, healthy and happy. She and... looks better than Selena, <laughs> which I like a lot. Oh, well, Yeah. I mean... I, I believe it's a Michael Kors. Um, and I think that the simpler the better on Demi. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, Demi's young and she can't pull an Adele. Where Adele's like, I can sing and I'm going to wear all black. Yeah, but they actually are not that far apart in age. I think it's just... Adele has always had that sort of like gravitas in her career. She's where an she's old like, soul. Yeah. Where she's like, I don't, I don't, get, I don't care about production. I'll just sing with a piano, and I'll dress like I'm in the '60s, um, and I'll wear wigs, and no one will even think they're wigs because that's so out of the question. You know, I never question a weave unless I have to. <laughs> we, I mean, this this is something that I feel like the the um, listenership should know is that the the thing that Justin and I fight about most often is whether or not someone's wearing a wig, and I will always say. <laughs> 
<laughs> that there's a wig involved and Justin's like, where? Where's the hairline? I don't see it. And I'm like, it's a good wig. Like, what do we want me to say? Um, we thought about this. Okay, you can chime in on the comments. Bride Wars, is Kate Hudson wearing a wig? The answer is yes. We'll uh, talk about this later. No, she's not. That's a strong we front have digress. She However, <laughs> I hope you get excited because our next section that we're going to talk about is gossip or tea about this album. And I think the main thing that I wanted to talk about was the YouTube documentary mm -hmm. that came out concurrently with this album. Yeah. Um, and for me, the YouTube documentary, um, I think it came out, I think I watched it before I listened to the album. Um, and I just thought it was such a sort of like an honest uh, look at Demi's life. Um, and I was really impressed by the way she talked about herself. It was sort of the first time that she like came out as bi, like, and it was also the first time that I had heard, heard her talk in her own voice about sort of like, she really was no holds barred. She was talking about her mental health. She was talking about her physical health. Um, and she was talking about her struggles with addiction. And I just like really admired, um, the way that she was so honest in that documentary. I don't know. What did you think? You also saw the doc. I did see the doc. I uh, uh, she's done two at this point. I've actually not seen the first, but I do know that she's done a documentary before oh. this, which cool. I think. Um, I don't know how many docs you get in your career, but I don't think it's two. <laughs> I do, however, think that the Simply Complicated was the right time to release a documentary mm -hmm. because it was a better album for her when we were seeing her kind of on the upswing. Um, I, I liked the doc because she, what she wanted from us was to um, see the dedication that she put into um, recording this album. And I really do think we kind of got it. I think that the reason this album was successful was because she really curated it well, wrote a lot for it, and um, and that's evident in the documentary. It's evident in her like commitment to excellence. You see her record a like a um, a, a phrase three to four times. She's like mad about the way she like sang a vowel and we're like, oh my god, what an artist. <laughs> Which is true. It really is. Um I, I think that we can't talk about this documentary without talking about all of the documentaries that were released concurrently because Lady Gaga Five Feet, Five Foot Two was released around this time and I also believe Katy Perry released something and it was like I saw an InStyle or like a Vogue article about how everyone was dropping a documentary at this point and do you think that she did it um, because she felt she had something to say, or do you think that she did it as a gimmick um, along with this album? Well, okay, I will say that that um, Simply Complicated was the only documentary I watched during that time period. I didn't see Five Foot Two till later, till I and I've you. never seen a Katy Perry documentary. I think she recorded um, herself going to therapy. I know exactly what you're talking mm -hmm. about, and that was embarrassing. I didn't watch her. it. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if it was a full documentary, if it was ep episodes, but it was like, yeah, Katy Perry tackling. And it was also Katie like Perry her... Katy Perry goes to therapy she, she for like, giving Diplo a hand job. I remember she sat down with D-Ray, who was sort of a... Um, I, I didn't hear that comment. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I remember she sat down with D-Ray, who's like a, an activist out of Ferguson, and she was like, let me talk about my white privilege. And I just felt so uncomfortable. I was like, Katie, this isn't the look and I didn't watch anymore. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I think you're right. I, I appreciated Simply Complicated for what right. it was. And um, this isn't to say that artists shouldn't talk about their white privilege. I'm just saying the way that Katie went about it was not um, productive. It was pandery. It felt pandery. Right, and her, that concept for her album... Um, Witness, which we should talk about. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. But back to our girl, Demi. Yeah. Um, I think next up, what we want to do is, this is a new feature for our podcast. We're going to talk about the album ta- track by track a little mm. bit and just say a few words on what each track um, what each track is doing or what it means to me. So, um, Or both of us, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're starting with Sorry Not Sorry, the first track on the album, which I think is always, you know, I'm always like, do I need to hear this song? And then whenever it plays, I'm like, yeah, I fucking do. Yeah, this, I think that this track uh, has, has a lot to it. Um, first of all, she, I wanted to release a ballad as her first single, but there is a story where she played the album for none other than Jay-Z. Um, and Jay-Z... This I, is some gossip. Yeah, oh my God. Like, yeah, you have to look this, album, this article up, but she was like, I played the album for Jay. Jay was like, you have to release Sorry Not Sorry. Like, wow, that's I love the that. Sing. Yeah. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, Jay, for no, the No, truly, for that this is bop. the sing. I, and I think that is the sing of this era, truly. I mean, if we have to pick one trap track that sort of like encapsulates this album, I do think Sorry Not Sorry is is a great lead track, and I'm so glad that that was her lead single. Do you? Um, what do you think about it being about Wilmer? I feel like it absolutely is about Wilmer. Um, you know... Okay, her, the comment she made in Simply Complicated regarding Wilmer made me think that it actually might not be about him. Really? Because she, in the documentary, for those who haven't seen, um, she's basically like, yeah, Wilmer's sort of like my soulmate and I'll love him forever. The timing is just wrong and it didn't work out. And I don't feel like she would have penned and then performed nationally that song, um about him given that sentiment i mean maybe she was trying to like soften the blow but i um i think that the song is sort of um you know we're always seeing demi have comebacks and i think that this song is about a comeback because i mean if we talk about the previous album like confident i don't think performed the way that she wanted it to really and she really wanted a grammy with this album and sorry not sorry to me is about yeah like resilience and coming back fighting when your previous um artistic um or personal pursuits like don't really pan out i disagree i think it was fully about wilmer <laughs> Wilmer <laughs> Valderrama. I can't with that guy. Okay, number two. Tell me you love me. The Tell title me track. Me. Um, I mean, wonderful vocals. I mean, wonderful vocals. Strong vocals. Um, I th- I think w- sh- uh, with this album, um, there is another song that's that speaks to this even more. But they people did draw a lot of parallels between her and Adele, and I think this is one of the songs that did that. Oh, absolutely. I think too that the production on this song was a little bit simpler there was a backup backup um vocal sort of like not chorus but like a, a group um and i think that all sort of contributes to the adele-ish sound did you see the video where she this was the wedding where she got married 
idea. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like sad. I don't really remember it. One of her better looks, actually. She looked great in that video. Beautiful. Okay, song number three, Sexy Dirty Love. Um, so I want to talk about a phenomenon with this album, which is it is an incredible album, but there are definitely like pairs in this album. Oh, absolutely. What do you think Sexy Dirty Love's pair is? Sexy Dirty Love's pair is, um, I believe it's games. Yes. It's really? fully games. Oh, I was going to say ruin the friendship, but I do feel like all of those three are of, of, a this one cousins. It's definitely about sexting. Like this album, there this song is, mm. um, and and I think games is also about sexting, but there's just like a different take, mm. uh, a different vibe to sexting, in for, for both of these songs. But I will say, sexy dirty love, a bop. I want to dance to a it. A bop. Yeah. I will say too, um, if you play this album in your car or otherwise, and you play one, two, three, and you're like singing along, you're like mostly warmed up for song number four, which is "You Don't Do It for Me Anymore," which is like truly one of my favorite songs that Demi has ever recorded. I do feel like vocally, it's in a class with like Skyscraper and and um, oh, what's that song that she always sings that I'm like. Yes, it's the one about like I'm happy for you. No, no, what is that song? Even if I, um, what is that? You know the song. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, the the listeners are screaming the title at this point, <laughs> and I don't know. Um, but it it, is. I do think it's among her best uh, recorded vocal performances. Um, number five, Daddy Issues. Oh my god, my favorite song. A low key. Oh my god, you already told the listeners what your fave song is from this. No, I have five favorite songs. I'll tell Fine. them at the end of the Fine. episode. Um, this is, I think, low key the most brilliant song on this album. I love this song. It is spectacular shades of lindsay lohan like what's that song that oh lindsay lohan had a song that's like dear daddy or something oh my god she did and no she maybe it was that, not it was not called she had dear that daddy. moody video <laughs> and it went along with her um she like released the video after her re reality but show. i do think that daddy issues is like a tasteful witty humorous but also like sort of serious look at like why people are attracted to fuckboys. It's subversive. We all have daddy issues. <laughs> Every single one of us. Um, and this song, it, it it's a bop. It's just so good. It's a masterpiece. Song number six, Ruin the Friendship, which we initially thought potentially was about Nick Jonas, but I I, I never really bought it. I don't I know. I believe it. It's about Nick. You really think that Absolutely. she was into Nick she Jonas? Nick. After she already dated an, Joe Jonas and then punched a girl because he was getting together with Joe Jonas, you think after all that she got together with Nick? Yes, absolutely, because really? who is she the best friends with? Nick? That I, Cameron, our executive producer, has just Make rolled their eyes at me. Make polling faces. <laughs> um, Wait, I, what's I'm, the punching thing again? She, oh, yeah. this was Demi's first stint in rehab. Is yes. that? Um, she found she was dating Joe Jonas. They were on tour together. Then she found out they broke up. She found out that he was dating or like had said hi to I'm not really sure one of the backup dancers. She punched her in the face, and then she went to rehab. Yeah, Whoa. this was the first, and then she wrote skyscraper about it after she like mm. got out of rehab. I love Demi Lovato. Yeah, I do. And I really, and you know, <laughs> I think it is really valuable actually, as as um, you know, we see stars run the gamut of talking honestly about their mental health from 
you know, and I think someone that has recently been in the spotlight for either talking or not talking about their mental health is Britney Spears, but we see someone like Demi Lovato who's like clearly, um, you know, going through stuff in real time in front of our eyes and is yeah. being, I think, you know, as gracious and, sh- and open as she can be. And I do admire that. I think that there's a lot of, like, of course we're drawing parallels to Adele, but I think the real star we should be drawing parallels to is Carrie Fisher. Um, Interesting. Yeah. They both struggle huh. with bipolar disorder, right. but both stars um, really have an open dialogue with the community and their and fans. And they're funny and they're like charismatic. Absolutely. Yeah. I, okay. I see it. Yeah. All right. Okay. We're halfway through the album. Um, so, track number seven, Only Forever. This is fun to sing along to. It's difficult. I think it's the most forgettable track on the album. I'm going to say it. Okay. I really do. It's a track full of good... It's it's an album full of good tracks, though. So, like... This one, to me, does not have the emotional significance that the rest of them do. And I, like, I will sing to it, but I'm not... I, I'm not... I'm not there with her. I disagree. I think okay. she gives us a great vocal, and it's, um... Not to me, it's not forgettable, but I also don't really have a clear bottom of this of this album for me. Okay. Um, the next track, eight, lonely, featuring Lil Wayne. Featuring Lil Wayne, I, I love this song. I do. Oh my god, I think it's so good. I Vocals, think it's so good. a truly phoned in verse from Lil Wayne, but I don't care. It still like sort of sounds good with. I the disagree. You don't I think, think he phoned that in? I think this may be one of Lil Wayne's best verses, I will not lie. Okay. No. Yes. This is not one of Lil Wayne's best verses. Actually, the thing I think he rhym- he rhymes like trees with weed. And you like, can't tell not, what he's saying the entire time. First of all, trees and weed is not a, <laughs> it's not a rhyme. And second of all, so is that your little impression? <laughs> I never <laughs> been so happy. Okay, this is um our executive producer Cameron has pulled up um the <laughs> the lyrics uh, to Lonely. I rap it every time. I fucking love this verse. Oh my gosh. He raps in rhymes underwear with underwear. Yeah. Thank God, honestly. You know what? Let's put as little effort <sighs> in as possible. You know. And still make a good... It's not his best verse, though. Okay, all I right. Will, can we talk one one minute real quick? The, so Lil Wayne did this verse for Demi, and then he did a verse on Ari's, one of Arby, Ari's singles, I believe, or albums. Didn't what? Which song is that? I don't remember. We'll look it up. We'll we'll put it in the we'll put it in the episode notes. Um. So the next track is uh, "Cry Baby." Okay, we love "Cry Baby." Fuck, I love "Cry Baby." <laughs> Another favorite of our like twenty five favorite tracks from this like ten track album. This we love "Cry Baby." I love when she sings mascara all over my face. I mean, ah, I can't. Oh my, oh god. my god. So I mean, it's not poetic. However, it's emotional. We so here's the thing we. <laughs> We talked about Ariana Grande last week, um, Ariana Grande's Sweetener, and then we and we're talking about this album this week. And I really think that both of these albums um, have a way of capturing the period and the time that we're in. Mm. I think Ariana Grande is great at capturing a chill mood, and she's great at like um, giving us chill vibes, but like still like capturing her emotions. I think Demi's at a ten all the time. Oh my god! And the Cry Baby 
really gives us that 10. (laughs) Oh, it is just, I, I have cried to this song upwards of 10 times. I love that for Once you. was this week. The next song we have up is Games, which I also think is a bop. Yeah, Games is a bop. Um, it, I, again, I will, I'm going to say like Sexy Dirty Love. I, but you know what? Let's write a song about sexting, which obviously Demi was doing a lot of because she, in her um, documentary, mm-hmm. Simply Complicated, there is We saw a, her sexting. We saw her <laughs> sexting um we saw her we saw her sexting she was like i'm on raya i'm on tinder let's turn this the fuck up bye wilmer and that's what the song is about next song we have up is i can't read my own writing concentrate concentrate um which okay we have to co- talk about concentrate and hitchhiker at the same time because uh, they're the same song it's the exact same and song. I, honestly i've never been given a greater thrill than hearing concentrate <laughs> and it's um some of its poorly advised lyrics <laughs> and then hearing exactly <laughs> the same song played again with different lyrics <laughs> and like a, a slightly different melody in Hitchhiker. Like truly you're like the album's almost over. Ooh, this is an okay closing song. And here's another one that's, it's duplicate. If you're talking about twins yeah, for the album, twins. These, these, are twins. these songs are, they're the same song. And we, I, I truly love her for putting the, these songs back to back in the same key, in the same time <laughs> signature. Like she doesn't give a fuck. It's great. Yeah. If you read the pitchfork review of this album, oh. they, uh, <laughs> they actually, they're like, why didn't she just make this like a, a medley? They should right. have just made the, the two songs the same. Well, and frankly of the two, I like hitchhiker better. I do too. I think hitchhiker, the, Lyrics are a little bit smarter. I think that she really gets into the pocket of the song. Mm, yeah. And Ooh, she. The pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that? That's a music <laughs> critic term. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Okay, so we've gone track by track for the album. So um, minus the the bonus tracks, but we don't have time. We're moving on. Ah. Get excited. We're about to talk about our favorite songs. Okay, Justin, you're up. What's your favorite song from Tell Me You Love Me? Oh my God. You know what? The problem with this section is is that people are gonna hate me for it oh i can't wait tell me what you're so again I, you know what i the thing about it is every time i pick a song for my favorite song of the album i just pick the song that brings me the most joy okay what's the song that brings you the most joy daddy issues God yeah damn okay it. you know what though is... that's not a bad choice daddy I, issues i'm gonna say that i listened to this album in preparation for the episode oh my God, today. me too we prepped oh we prepped um and uh, Frankly, you know, two years in, it's got to be Daddy Issues or Cry Baby. Yeah, I, the sec- the other song I was going to say is Cry Baby. Like, those are those are my songs. We are so agreeable on this album. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about Daddy Issues. Okay, spill it. You know what? In, in, in a time in our lives where we're talking about mental health, where we are talking about... I'm going to finish my wine because you know what we're about to do? Pop a bottle on fucking air. Um, anyways, <laughs> in a time where we're talking about mental health, where we're talking about going to therapy, where there are memes on Twitter about <laughs> what do we, like the therapist is like, what do we say to that? And then right. we're like, we love a daddy issue. <laughs> and that's the goddamn truth. Um, Demi Lovato is adding all of us with daddy issues. 
she's giving us a, a subversive song that addresses our base insecurities and what makes us bad people. Well, but she's also like sort of standing in her truth in that song. She's yes. like, what can I do? I've got all these, like, what can I do? You know, it's not like, oh, I feel bad about this. It's like, here's where I am. I have got daddy issues and you fulfill that need. Like, whatever. I dated a 35-year-old. That's that's past for me. That's in my past. But yeah, it's me happened too. for me. It's no, really it's happened. in my past. No. Um, <laughs> um, Jeremy's like I'm not thirty five. It's not. We'll cut it's it. not Jeremy. Um, <laughs> we're not gonna right. cut it. <laughs> we're doing no editing work on these episodes. Never I'm so sorry, my, our dear audience. Okay, we've talked about our favorite songs. Now we're on to rating Wait, this episode. Wait, I feel like you need to give us an in-depth crybaby. I'm sorry. Okay, but you I'll have give to. you. A, I'll give you a little bit of crybaby. What I like about crybaby is. It's directly in the middle of her range. It's like her voice sounds beautiful. Again, it's another, uh, oh my God, what? Stone Cold, that's the name of the song. It's another Stone Cold where she's like. I just smacked her because I love Stone Cold so much. <laughs> but it, she's she's right in the middle of her range, just like singing a, a song that you can tell that she means. And mm-hmm. really, there's like nothing more powerful to me than Demi Lovato singing a song that she means at the top of her lungs, which are like, she's got a lot of air in there. Like she's, I mean, I think when we talk about the pop stars of the era, here's here's where I'm gonna op- like seriously put out my opinions here, is that when we talk about the pop stars of the era, we can talk about people who are technically good. Like we talked about Ariana Grande last week who is technically good and like truly one of my favorite artists. We can talk about people like Normani who is technically good and also one of my favorite artists, but we can also talk about people like Demi Lovato who are technically good and also like bring something to the music that I don't feel like either of those stars do, which is like the, the fucking like, and I don't want to get it gross about it, but I do feel like she brings a certain amount of life experience to her work and her songs, and it's why people love listening to Judy Garland. It's why people love listening to Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. Like it's because these uh, it's because these singers have such an amount of talent, um, and and like frankly, like a, a considerable amount of pain, but they can they're able to channel it through their art. And I think that's what makes Demi Lovato a star to me is that she um, has seen some fucking shit and she sings about it and she sings and she sings putting her whole body behind it. I actively fucking agree with you. <laughs> I'm so excited that you just drew parallels to Amy Winehouse and Judy Garland. Well, because... I mean, I feel like those are gross parallels, and I no, it's right. Stand by them. them. <laughs> no, I feel bad about them. I feel like. I mean, we shouldn't just, like, compare all people with uh, who struggle with an addiction to each other, but I do think there's something special about the ways Judy sings. I think there's something special about the way Amy Emotionally sings. Emotionally raw. And I think there's something special about the way Demi sings. And I, I would, while you were saying that, it gave me this idea. Like, what what's really amazing about... I, I think it's actually super incredible that the two of us picked out... Um, Daddy Issues and Cry Baby. <laughs> because they're like the emo songs. They had, No, what I would say is in, in the Gen Z landscape, they have this like lowercase honesty to them. Mm. It's like we're not trying to sugarcoat anything. Like I have daddy issues and I'm a crybaby. And you know what? <laughs> Fuck yeah. you. Okay, we've got to get on to rating the album. So I, again, our scale is I'm on no the scale of, of boxed wine. So 
The lowest possible rating is a Francia box. Middle rating black box, highest rating Boda. Yeah, I want I want you to go first. I uh, mean, for me, this is a fucking Boda. I came out two years ago. I'm still listening to it. I'm sorry, I also have a potty mouth this episode. But um, I, I think for me, uh, you know, I think this is a problem we're going to run into on this episode, uh, this podcast, rather, is that we pick these albums for a reason, and I don't know if we're going to get a Franzia album on this podcast like no, this will. album's solid from top to bottom i think there are a couple weak links and a couple songs that are literally the same as each other but that doesn't mean anything nothing on the album's bad no nothing so, on the album i think is even like mediocre so you're giving it a boda personally um and boda in and and in terms of longevity i think this is gonna really stand the test of time is it the same level of boda for each Personally, I think it's like, you know, yeah, I think I I love it. And because I think that we're going to sit with it for a long time, I don't think it's going to, I think a couple tracks on it are going to sound dated in five years, but I think the majority of the album is actually like going to have a really long lifespan and we're going to be like in like the gay bar in 20 years with each other being like, yes, lucky for you. I've got all these daddy issues, you know? Um, okay, so what I'm going to say is, personally, I'm going to give this a Cabernet Sauvignon Boda box. And that's your highest rating? And that is the high, that's one okay. of the highest ratings. I do think this is the the best album that Demi Lovato has ever given us. Absolutely. Top to bottom, it has a musical uh, consistency that her other albums lack. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, I think that she, uh, again, we've talked about our favorite tracks from it but she gave us a great single and then she gave us a solid album Mm -hmm. that really is the most honest that she's ever been with us um and it it um is consistent and that's the word for this album is it's consistent however when we talk about longevity i have a i think maybe a controversial controversial opinion i'm gonna give her a low boda on this I really am. <laughs> I'm going to give her, um, what's a low Boda? Anything white from Boda is a bit low. Like a I would Chardonnay say. Boda? Do they even a make Shard Boda. I've never had that. Because I feel like we're, if we're getting, we're getting Shard, we're going to go black box and just kill ourselves. But, um, Demi Lovato just signed with Scooter Braun as we know. Right. Um, she also just came off of, um, uh, one of the things that happened after this album cycle or during, no matter what, no matter, I mean, depending on how you look at it, Demi Lovato had an overdose and she had to, she went to, um, she went to rehab and I think that she's going to have to address this with her next album. I, I think that her next album with the push of Scooter Braun and the money that he has from uh, at Taylor Swift, um, is, yikes, is going to be probably a, like, a cultural shattering phenomenon. I think the next album that Demi Lovato puts out is oh going God. to be the best. Let us pray, <laughs> but yeah. truly. Okay, so we're up to our um, our last sort of segment. I hope you're very excited because last week we truly embarrassed ourselves with karaoke. Yeah. And I'm hoping that nothing less happens this episode, but we've yeah. got one activity to do before then. Our title is Art, Pop, and Bottles. So um, be on the really close listen and let's hope this works. Ready? Three, two, one. Oh. oh my god, no. <laughs> oh. Oh. 
<laughs> I hope you could hear that. That was us literally popping a we, bottle. We popped of, a bottle. Please know Andre. Andre. Um. So we're gonna drink this and sing a little karaoke for you. Pour me a glass. Ooh, here we go. Ooh. I hope you can hear these like bubbles. She can't. Can this is like a... this is drinking ASMR. Ooh. Can you hear this bubble? Someone has a boner. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We're singing karaoke to our Lord and Savior, Demi Lovato. <laughs> oh my God, that was violent. <laughs> now, now I'm out here looking, looking like, like a 10. The best I've ever How bad it must hurt to see me like this, but it gets worse. Wait a minute. <laughs> Can't have this, can't have this, can't have this, nah. Baby, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, baby, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. But it got me feeling so good. Got it. <laughs> no, I love it. Oh, wow. You know what? Okay, it's so here's the deal. Babes, you have to, you have to like this podcast. You have to subscribe. subscribe. You have to share our shit on Twitter. You have to like, like our shit on Instagram. Follow. Get the word out. Art Poppin' Bottles is the the podcast sweeping the nation. It, it truly is. And honestly, um, if you like to listen to this, place bets on whether or not we will ever make it through a full song of karaoke this season. <laughs> I, I, my bet's on you. No. <laughs> but we'll try. We'll keep trying for you. Thank you for listening and see you next week. Bye.